Nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Suchere. Timberwolves lost. What are you going to do? Tough when you flip on the TV and the, they're down 4-2. to two. I didn't. I tuned in late to the... Uh, Your squad's in trouble, Mayor. The Wolves? No, the Wilds. I, uh, the Wolves got smoked by 24 points, and I called for their win last night. Yeah, but you're playing the best team in basketball. Without a, without a key guy. And they've been playing well up until last night. And you were playing the Leaf without their guy. Right. Uh, the wild are because you know you know how hard it is to make up ground in that league. Yeah, they're in they're in serious hey, trouble. Hey, 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 hey. No, we no. got it. We we don't have to. Let's not sign off yet. Say yesterday right? your uh, your native uh, ethnic country of Poland came up in the news uh, because the citizens are urged to uh, what breed like rabbits. Yeah, uh, they're not having enough kids. Right. Well, you're in the news again. Uh oh. What do we do today? Well, what my people do. A Polish priest who has faced criticism for driving a Porsche says that he's selling the luxury car and giving the proceeds to the poor. According to a report Thursday by the private TVN broadcaster, the Reverend Wieslaw, M-A-C. Okay, hang on. Here, just get a pencil. M-A-C-I-A-S-Z-E-K. Matchik? Matchik. Matchik. Matchesik? Matchesik. Wieslaw Matchesik, parish priest in Kasina Wilka, a village in southern Poland, had caused a scandal in the community for driving a car valued at 400,000 zlotys. Hmm. You know how many 400,000 zlotys are worth? I'm not up on my Polish translation. 110 grand. Okay. What's his last name again? Uh, uh, Matchesik. Machizik issued a written statement announcing that he would sell it and said, if anyone feels offended, I am very sorry. Well, he issued the non-apology apology. If the priest is going to ask for forgiveness, you need to apologize. He also read an apology during Mass. TVN reported that while some parishioners were scandalized, others came to his defense. Today, I'm afraid we're going to have numerous examples of reporting not what it used to be. Okay. um, Before you leave this story, though. I wasn't going to. Priests didn't take a law of poverty. That's the nuns. Unfortunately, I don't think the nuns should have to take the vow of poverty. Well, we don't but... know what order this guy was, but may I may I finish it up? Yeah. <clears throat> Today we have, including a story that exemplifies better than any other story we've ever had, 
that reporting isn't what it used to be. Okay. But this one uh, exemplifies reporting isn't what it used to be also. How did he How did he come to own a $110,000 Porsche? Uh, what makes him think he can sell it in the in the beleaguered village? Right. Who's going to buy it? Sounds for like a, a small place. Who's yeah. got Who's got four hundred thousand zlotties? And not most poles. Uh, was he? Maybe he was a wealthy guy who uh, brought the car with him into the priesthood. Well, I, yeah, I, like we have a side gig. Yeah, maybe he played in a band or something. Nativity <laughs> had uh, a priest, uh, Father Patrick Lannon, whose family owned as Leeson's the food. Distributorship. So it was. Yeah, you a, had another guy there too that had exotic cars. What was his name? He went to be a bishop. Uh, bishop Christensen. Yeah, he's out in Idaho now. Yeah, he uh, was up in uh, Superior. Yeah. Uh, Matches, Matchesick uh, said, "If anyone feels offended, I'm sorry." Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, hey, hey, no, hey, no, hey, no, hey, no, hey, no, hey, no, hey, no. hey. See, that's a non-apology apology. Plus, I don't think he has to apologize pending uh, me not knowing anything in the world about how he came to own the car. Father Lannon always had nice cars. What's wrong with owning a nice car? You can have a nice car. It looks good at the funeral, huh? Yeah. Oh, look at the look at Father, you know, Wenski. Looks good at the funeral. Looks good at the funeral. Well, I mean, you know, you want to have a nice car. You don't want to roll up in a rusted out Camry, you know? <laughs> hey, I'm here. I got the papal, uh, I got the holy water. Let's yeah. go. Well, maybe you want to, though, because it would help the image, you know. Yeah, but then... Aren't you supposed kind of, to be downtrodden? Uh, kind of a transfer of confidence, though, if you're showing up in a the Uncle Buck mobile. Yeah. Did you ever get the sprayer fixed? The kitchen sprayer? Nope. Okay. Wait I a did minute. Call, I called Fister today. I don't know who that is. Um, It's a plumbing company. <laughs> And, I hope uh, so. I, had, I dialed it. very carefully, by the way, when yeah. I was uh, when I looked it up on the internet. I was very careful as to what. Uh, yeah. And no, I no. had a guy from another country that uh, we couldn't really understand. He wants me to take a picture of. It's a Price Fister. I also called. What do you mean? Would you call out of the country? Did you call a foreign country? Well, I called what um, I called what call the, the faucet was, and it, it was you know directed overseas. But then I also called this is, this is Gopher Supply over here on Vandalia yeah. and Ferguson, and uh, they suggested I call the manufacturer. So I just need to find these white plastic clips. Uh, it was really sad because she did the dishes in the bathroom. Oh, no. <laughs> and I am, I am so draining my man point, points account on this that it's just... You had a breaking uh, news story. In the bathroom. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, in the tub. I mean, this, right in the tub. It's this is uh, this is it for me. I'm done. I'm I'm overdrawn. Uh, can hey, I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Get in there and shower. Do you have a dishwasher? Uh. Uh-uh. Oh, I thought you did. No, we don't. All right. When we moved, we were going to put one in. We just didn't. You didn't get around to it. Well, I don't like no, your cause chances. Because we, we always had a. Uh, I don't a, like your chances. You can't even get a sprayer going. This is really bad. Dishes in the tub, though. That's uh, it's a that nice was in touch. the sink. That's was, old school. It was, it was the bathroom sink. That's old school. Yeah. You yeah. Set them mean, around in the can there to dry off. Well, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. But when when she did, oh, I God. I said I have to, and I worked on it all morning long. Mm-hmm. I'm I was I Are I have sure a, as hell weren't here working. You were working on the I got here, what ten fifty oh. All right. Because she had to give me a ride because one of the cars over at ANA Auto in South St. Paul <laughs> waiting to get fixed. So life is, folks, let me tell you, 
If you want to listen to chaos, listen to the family podcast on Apple iTunes. Can't you come up with a, a catchier name than no. that? The Family Podcast, Apple iTunes, The Mikulski Family. Find out how messed up we Live are. from the bathroom. Yeah, we might even do it in the bathroom this time. Uh, oh, my God. I not gotta, a, I gotta, I'm, gotta, in, I'm sweating But wait a now. minute. The guy sent yesterday sent us a YouTube video explaining thoroughly exactly what you needed to do. I thought that was well, going to help. He just did how to replace the sprayer. He didn't, it, not specific to this nozzle All or right. we have some breaking nipple. news We're, we have some breaking news we're going to get to in a moment okay oh this doesn't work <laughs> all right just a moment please take that down i will andrew yes joe you're on the air said just hearing rookie struggle with this faucet i figured i finally had to call in being a licensed plumber here in the area hearing that it's a price fister faucet your probably best bet is to go and just buy a new faucet and have a plumber stick that one in there. Price Fister, you can get the parts for them, but maybe not a uh, top-of-the-line faucet. I think your best bet, rather than giving yourself the headache of searching for parts, is just go pick out a new one you like. Really? Yep. Thank yep. you. Thank you, Andrew. I like the chances you, of you replacing the whole thing. Chief Offsite Correspondent Dan alerts me to this from the Washington Post. Aaron Hernandez, ex-NFL player once convicted of murder, had the most severe case of CTE discovered in a person his age. Studies find. Study finds. Doctors diagnosed Hernandez with stage 3 CTE, which researchers had never seen in a brain younger than 46 years old. The damage to Hernandez's brain would have significantly affected his decision-making, judgment, and cognition, researchers at Boston University revealed at a medical conference today. Hernandez, a former New England Patriots tight end, committed suicide in April in a Massachusetts prison while serving a life sentence for the 2013 murder of his friend Odin Lloyd. So uh, he had it bad, whatever CTE stands for. It's a long word. Mm -hmm. In other words, concussion damage. Uh, they say that's the worst they've seen in a brain younger than 46 years old. Chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Encephalopathy. Chronic, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Encephalopathy. Well, it, it brings us right back to uh, the occasional conversations that come up about what is the future of this league. It destroys brains. You can't run into people that often at that speed, at that weight. He must have had, what, 12 of these concussions. Yeah. One, and not to mention in college and whatnot mm -hmm. growing up. But I wonder, because he is involved in a lawsuit, or I'm sorry, not him, he's no longer with us, but his estate is involved in a lawsuit. I don't know if this will help or won't change that standing at all, but it will be interesting as it unfolds. Well, somebody must have given permission to Boston University to study his brain. Well, I, that's I was going to ask you because because his his um, his case, his murder case, was quote unquote unresolved because he hung himself in prison, mm -hmm. uh, thus resulting in the family being able to keep it. Was, it was a financial decision that some had speculated. That's why he decided to do it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> This is the one-year anniversary, or we're, we're in the week of the one-year anniversary of the election of Donald Trump. Yes. And Trump protesters, who remain beside themselves, they can't move on, 
are organizing a Scream Helplessly at the Sky demonstration across the United States to commemorate the one-year anniversary of uh, Trump's election. Will that help? No. Will that do anything? I don't think so. Maybe just therapeutic for them. Well, many Trump supporters are celebrating the one-year anniversary of Trump's shocking victory, liberals are planning to scream helplessly at the sky. I would expect nothing less. According to Facebook events being planned all over the United States, uh, liberals will be screaming helplessly at the sky to express their anguish and depression over the defeat of Hillary Clinton at the hands of Donald Trump a year ago. Uh, yes, the organizers in Philadelphia explained the event, saying, let's have a primal scream for the current state of our democracy. <clears throat> What's wrong with it? Uh, for them, it worked when Obama got in. No, but I mean, what, what currently is, is the problem? I think it, it played out as it is supposed to, regardless He's of doing who the guy is. <laughs> Yeah. Gather together at, after work at Philadelphia City Hall or just scream in solidarity from your own backyard, they said. Another Facebook event read, let it be the scream heard around the world. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing at precisely 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, let it out. Some videos have already been posted on social media like these from Philadelphia. And I'm looking at three gals here who apparently have been howling uh, or are, are prepared to howl uh, at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Or they already did. This is a video already posted. Yeah, yeah, it's a picture. Here they are. They're howling. They're screaming uh, like crazy. Well, I wonder... What do they do then? They just what, do they howl something specific? They believe this will exorcise from them uh, the uh, demonic uh, uh, problem they're having with uh, the fact that Trump's the president. Okay. Uh, apparently, we've got some audio All right. of um, one of the uh, one of the participants. Is this from here. Philadelphia. Uh, yes. All right. Ow, 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 ow. Yep. <laughs> yep. I heard that. Mm -hmm. That's how it started. Mm -hmm. It's not going to help, is it? It's not going to change anything. It'll change absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, they're, they're still a free people. You're not obviously when he was elected, the, those that didn't vote for him are never going to agree and say he's doing great, he's doing right. I, I understand that, but it doesn't do anything to scream. Wait it out. He'll be done in, in, what, three years now? But the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, the more likely you are to find the primal howlers. Well, and Philly would be, it'd be right there. You know, Barb Johnson lost yesterday to Felipe, uh, excuse me, I don't have his last name. Uh, was it Felipe Cunningham? Uh, transgendered. Uh, he went from f female to male. Correct. And uh, so we've lost our contact on the Minneapolis City Council. <laughs> It's on. We'd welcome Felipe or Andrea Jenkins or any one of them to fill Barb Johnson's shoes. Uh, it strikes me as unlikely that we'll hear from Felipe or Andrea. Well, so we, we've lost our uh, we've lost our great source on the Minneapolis City Council. I'm Barb Johnson. I'm sorry to lose Barb because mm -hmm. she was a friend of Garage Logic, but mm -hmm. she should pass on the number and notes and say. I would check Felipe, in with Garage Logic. Give these guys a call once in a while. We don't bite. No. We're not going to shout you down. It would be fun, wouldn't it? Well, I thought just now about having maybe even on the St. Paul side, having Melvin Carter on tomorrow at O'Gara's. Book it. The uh, the mayor Go elect. Ahead. We're at, oh, and just we're, say, let's start this up, Melvin. Good let's luck. Let's start this out right. Let's start it off with a 
Good luck, Melvin. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's in now, so you have to root that he's going to do good things for St. Paul. And how much Felipe, more? Good things for Minneapolis. And how much more St. Paul does it get than O'Gara's? It doesn't get much more St. Paul than O'Gara's, and it doesn't really get much more St. Paul uh, than a fourth-generation Rondo kid like Melvin Carter. Okay. You give him that, he's from the heart of the emotional and geographical center of the city. I'm going to put a call in right now. Okay, you call Melvin. But uh, I think it would be neat if Garage Logic would occasionally hear from Felipe. If Felipe, you know, that's a Barb represented the what the the fourth. the blue collar northeast Minneapolis, and now it's in the hands of a transgendered uh, political winner, Felipe. I, I'm serious. I think reach out to him. I will. I will do that. I will do that because that's a or Barb, if you're listening. Do what rookie advice. Pass over the phone numbers, the secret phone numbers, and the whole deal, and say, you know what, Felipe, you'd be well served calling these people. They're not going to hurt you. And I if, think it'd be fun if they have differing ideas. Uh, your mode of operation is not to shout down. You no. might say, I think you're completely off base, but you're not going to hang up on them. You treat your guests with respect. Yeah, and they can get. The, here's why I want to have a bike path on. Lake Nacombs or two Lake Nacombs. No, no, he he he's got he's representing tougher issues than bike paths. We got other council people in Minneapolis who handle the bike paths. I'd I'd love to know. I'd love to talk to the guy. I think it'd be fun. Fun. I think okay. I'll reach out to both. Yeah. See if you can get Melvin Carter the third. Do we got to say the third every time we say Melvin Carter? You can ask him. Yeah. Le troisième, the third. The third. Every mm-hmm. time, though, we got to go with the third? Well, the one, one, one. I think is the first. First is well, gone, Dad right? Was, Dad was second the second. Is, yeah. yeah. Maybe Grandpa's still around. I don't know. Uh, is John Height ready? He is. Uh, because he has all the news that's fit to broadcast. Commencing Garage Logic segment number three. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. It's partly sunny and 22 degrees. This update brought to you by Robert W. Baird and Company. A Vikings quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, with some positive comments today to reporters. With his rehab done and going back to the roster, he says the hard part is over. Still going to continue to, you know, make improvements and get better health-wise and try to be the best teammate that I can be. Uh, I can't wait to get out there Sunday with the guys and get that feeling of coming out of the locker room, preparing for a game, preparing to play, and things like that. So, I'm just excited. Vikings will start Case Keenum this week as Bridgewater continues to practice. Bridgewater did not give any indication about when the team could name him their starter. The Vikings play the Redskins in Washington this Sunday. I thought waiting is the hardest part. The Wild lose 4-2 to in Toronto last night. They're right back at it tonight, playing the Canadiens in Montreal. And the Wolves, they lost big to the Warriors out on the West Coast, breaking their five-game winning streak. They'll play the Suns Saturday in Phoenix. News notes from today. Governor Mark Dayton and Lieutenant Governor Tina Smith are joining Minnesota lawmakers on both sides of the aisle, calling for a state senator's resignation after accusations of sexual harassment. Several women are publicly speaking out and accusing DFL Senator Dan Schoen of sexual harassment. The allegation surfaced last night after the woman detailed uh, the women, excuse me, detailed their stories in an article on MinPost. Schoen is not only a first-term state senator, he's also an officer for the Cottage Grove Police Department. The police department has released a statement this afternoon saying he'll be put on administrative duties till the sexual allegations are sorted out. 
State Representative Erin May Cotty tells Minpo she was sent unwanted, suggestive texts from Sean about two years ago. After sharing her story, she took to Twitter saying she spoke out so we can stop having these stories. Meanwhile, Lindsay Port, a DFL House candidate, told MinPost Schoen made sexual comments and even made inappropriate contact with her at a political event in Minneapolis more than two years ago. Port said on Twitter, this cannot be the future and I refuse to be silent. Uh, Representative Aaron Murphy is among those calling for Schoen's resignation. Additionally, Senate DFL caucus leader Tom Bach said he and a few other senators talked about the allegations and unanimously agreed to call on Schoen to resign. Meanwhile, sexual allegations also against Ray, uh, uh, Roy, excuse me, Roy Moore, the Republican nominee for the Senate in Alabama. Judge Roy? Judge Roy, yep. He of Ten Commandments fame? That's him. Lee Korfman says she was 14 years old when an older man approached her outside a courtroom in Alabama, sitting on a wooden bench with her mother. They both recall when the man introduced himself as Roy Moore. It was early 1979. Moore was a 32-year-old assistant district attorney. Uh, he struck up a conversation with Korfman and Mom and offered to watch the girl while Mom went inside for a child custody hearing. Along with Korfman, Moore chatted with her and asked for her phone number. Days later, he picked her up around the corner from her house in Gadsden, drove about 30 minutes to his home in the woods, told her how pretty she was, kissed her. On the second visit, she says he took off her shirt and pants and removed his clothes. He touched her and said uh, she he guided her hand to touch him. Two of Korfman's childhood friends say she told them at the time that she was seeing an older man, and one says Korfman identified the man as Moore. Well said her daughter did tell her about the encounter more than a decade later as Moore was becoming more prominent as a local judge. Aside from Korfman, three other women interviewed by the Washington Post in recent weeks say Moore pursued them when they were between the ages of 16 and 18, and he was in his early 30s. None of those women, though, say that Moore forced them into any sort of relationship or sexual contact. Leader of a Lake Superior Chippewa tribe says a sheriff's deputy has fatally shot a 14-year-old boy on the tribe's reservation in northern Wisconsin. Bad River Band Chairman Robert Blanchard said 14-year-old Jason Ike Pirro was killed yesterday by an Ashland County Sheriff's deputy. The Ashland County Sheriff's Office said dispatchers received a call about a male subject walking down the street armed with a knife about 11.40 in the morning and responding deputy fired shots hitting the suspect. Sheriff's officials say the deputy involved in the shooting was not injured. The grandfather of the boy, Alan Perro, spoke to WDIO in Duluth, described Jason as someone who would never hurt anyone, didn't have a mean bone in his body. The uh, mom, Holly Gaithier, also spoke to the station, saying he was a big teddy bear who everyone loved. She added her and her family are seeking justice for Jason. She thinks, she says, he was murdered. Jason was homesick from school yesterday, according to his mom. She says his dad picked Jason up from school and dropped him off at the grandparents' house. According to Alan Perro, the neighbors say Jason only had a cell phone. That's all they saw. Alan also says, according to doctors, there were two shots that hit Jason, one in the heart and one in the right shoulder. Well, again, reporting isn't what he used to be. Mm-hmm. What, what did the sheriff shoot him for? Yeah, Was they, he threatened by the guy with the knife? The sheriff has not said that yet. The sheriff's department has made no comment on any of that. Undercover operation has revealed that Transportation Security Administration screenings at airports fail for the most part. Oh, good. Homeland Security investigators found that more than 70% of the time, officers were able to get through TSA checkpoints with mock knives, guns, and explosives. Ah, guns. What percentage of the time? 70, 70. That's not very good. It's not. Uh, Michael McCall, chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee, said, We found that disturbing. The DHS oh, office of the... Good word for it. Okay. I think so. Yeah. 
DHS Office of Inspector General made eight classified recommendations based on the undercover operation. In the statement, the TSA said it took the findings very seriously. They're implementing measures that will improve screening effectiveness at checkpoints. You know, I I don't want to cast judgment over every TSA employee, but I've found that whenever I fly, you got about half the people that are actually paying attention and being thorough with their responsibilities. Is that a fair assessment? Mm, I've I've always encountered the ones that were paying attention. In my experience, uh, my limited experience, they're always paying attention, the men and women in blue. Sure. But then again, I haven't tried to sneak through the Acme Cannon. Yeah. That's true. (laughs) Where did we have the story out of Minneapolis like a year ago during the holidays? A woman, didn't she want to bring like a... She brought a grill with her. That's what it was. Oh, yeah, a grill. <laughs> she brought the whole grill. Yeah, we can cook some burgers. She, wherever she was going, they don't have grills, right. apparently. Yeah. We read at Gate 8. I think she's going to Miami. Some... <laughs> they don't have grills there. <laughs> the uh, Rand Paul story continues to grow. And he continues to become more ill. Yeah, Rene Boucher was his neighbor, and of course the story we were told was it was a landscaping disagreement that was trivial that caused him to tackle Rand Paul and break five of Rand Paul's ribs. Well, uh, last... I still think it was one leaf too many. Yeah, one leaf too many. <laughs> last night, Rand Paul uh, tweeted, suggesting the drama may not be as minor as Boucher's attorneys makes it seem. Paul tweeted links to two reports by Breitbart News and Washington Examiner, both claiming the reports of a landscaping dispute were erroneous, citing various neighbors of the Paul family. Neighbor Travis Creed wrote in an email, the stories of a landscaping dispute or a dispute of any sort between Rand Paul and Rene Boucher are erroneous and unfounded. The reason for Mr. Boucher's bizarre attack is known only to him. Any statements to the contrary, he said, are irresponsible and unnecessary. Speculation regarding Boucher's motive, according to the neighbor, has led to an unfair characterization of the Pauls and their home. The Vatican announcing today it would no longer sell cigarettes to employees in its duty-free shop and supermarket. That'll cost them about $11 million a year in profit. What? Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. That, that, should be that makes across. no sense. That makes no sense. They make $11 million a year in profits from just selling cigarettes to Vatican employees? Uh, well, anybody that stops at the Vatican shop. Oh, so I could stop them. there. Sure. Oh, yes. Yeah. All right. Francis right, right next, and the cigarettes are right next to the, you know, the mugs. Yeah. Right. The papal <laughs> ashtray. Yeah. Uh, Va- the Vatican said... The uh, pen. <laughs> yes. The Vatican said Pope Francis made the decision because the Holy See cannot contribute to an activity that clearly damages the health of people. A 2015 book based on leaked Vatican documents reported that cigarette sales bring in about 10 million euros a year to the Vatican City State. That's 11 million bucks. That's amazing. And are the second most important source of income after tax-free gas sales by the Vatican. Hmm. The book also reported the booming tobacco sales were an example of how the Vatican's tax-free commercial activities were being abused in the author's opinion. So this is basically like a super America that they got running outside. Is that what I'm gathering here? Yeah, and tax, Sounds like tax it, doesn't free, it? Yeah. And it's just one shop? I've been there, and I can't picture this shop. Well, it is. It's it's called... Um, here we go. It's the SP. It's not SA. Oh. The Super Papa. Uh-huh. Il Papa. Super Papa. How many aisles, Rook? How many aisles? They got to like 17 or something. <laughs> 13, because it's a magic number for Catholics. And there's pews in there. Yeah, you can sit down. Yeah. Have a smoke. Are you Mexican? Did, yeah, you, did, they, you kind of turned did the Vatican go, move to Mexico? We there? accept all kinds. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said that, Joe. I thought it was my smoke. imagination. 
Austrian emergency Except teams. Except even the Polish will come. Austrian emergency teams have rescued a German mountaineer who spent five days in a deep glacier crevice after slipping. I wouldn't like that. No, officials say the man was found in a 100-foot deep gap after he succeeded in making an emergency call from his cell phone following numerous failed attempts because of poor reception. The state broadcaster cites Alpine Rescue official Chris Primesberger as saying the man is only relatively lightly hurt considering the drop with shoulder and foot injuries flown to a nearby hospital after the early morning rescue. Is Dave Dahl ready? David Wallace Dahl. You cannot stop him. He just make a move. Joe Sujurev. Hi, Dave. Hi there, Joe. How are you? Good. A beautiful afternoon out there. A little bit on the chilly side, though. It's only 22 degrees. Heading for a high today of about 24. Mostly clear skies. Tonight's going to be the coldest night so far this season. Down to 13 above. Wind chills just barely above zero overnight. Then tomorrow, some peaks of sun early. Otherwise, clouds increase, and there could be some snow by tomorrow evening. It doesn't look like a lot at this point. Maybe a coating, and that's about it. Saturday, it warms up to 42 degrees. Some morning flurries and clouds will give way to decreasing clouds, I think, late in the day. 40 for the high on Sunday, a mix of clouds and sunshine. Then Monday, up to 44. 50 on Tuesday of next week. Nice little warming trend here. A mix of clouds and sun. There's a chance of rain showers late in the day on Tuesday. And it stays in the lower 40s, lower to middle 40s Wednesday and Thursday as well. So um, once we warm up a bit, still not up to average, though. The average high is 45 and it uh, looks like we'll top that on Tuesday, and that's about it. But tonight, going for a low down to 13 above. Right now we're at 22, Joe. Right, thank you. Self-driving bus crashes two hours after it was launched in Las Vegas. <clears throat> what happened? The bus was touted as the United States' first self-driving shuttle project for the public before it hit a semi-truck. Yeah, see... <clears throat> The city's officials have been hosting an unveiling ceremony for the bus described as the U.S. first self-driving shuttle pilot project geared towards the public before it crashed with a semi. According to the Las Vegas Review-Journal, the human driver of the other vehicle was at fault. Sure, blame the human. Uh-huh. Uh, there were no... <laughs> wait, in- wait, 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 wait. Stop right there. The human driver. So they're, they're blaming the human driver. They're blaming the human driver. Not the bus that no. doesn't have a driver. Right. The human driver of the other vehicle was at fault. There were no injuries, and the incident caused minor damage. The oval-shaped shuttle, sponsored by AAA, the review journal added, can transport up to 12 passengers at a time. It has an attendant and a computer monitor and uses GPS and electric curb sensors instead of brake pedals or a steering wheel. B as in B, S as in S. Who thinks this is a good idea, especially when people need jobs? It's not a good idea. It's a horrible idea. Give me a driver. Right. Give me a bussy. The crash follows the U.S. House passing the Self-Drive Act in September, which, if passed by the Senate, would exempt car manufacturers from various federal and state regulations, allowing for the eventual deployment of up to 100,000 test vehicles a year. Under the Act, states would still decide whether or not to permit to permit self-driving cars on their roads. However, the federal government could permit a car manufacturer to bypass certain federal safety rules as well as some state regulations. Why? 
if it's driverless, you would want the enforcement of even more safety rules and state regulations. Right. right. The Las Vegas crash is not the first time self-driving vehicles have been involved in a collision. In March, Uber halted its self-driving vehicle tests uh, in the U.S. following a collision in Arizona. An, U- an Uber spokesperson later said all tests have been paused for the ride-hand hailing service to complete an investigation. Google's self-driving car was found to be at fault when it struck a public bus in California early last year. The company said it would improve software for the vehicles to more accurately differentiate larger vehicles such as buses. That would be a good thing. I hope so. I want the driverless vehicle to differentiate large vehicles. Why are they thinking about that right now? Why? Driving... Uh, has a human error element, and it always will. We don't need robots. Tesla's autopilot feature was engaged when the driver of a 2015 Model S was killed in an accident in in Williston, Florida, in May last year. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration opened opened an investigation into the performance of the feature, although it later found no defects in its design or performance. Car manufacturers around the world are still investing in autonomous vehicle efforts. Volvo plans to involve everyday drivers in its Drive Me pilot on the streets of London in December, while Intel's Mobileye is building more uh, than 100-level self-activating, I, whatever. I, I don't. I, I guess I just don't understand. I guess it's. I guess this falls under the category of uh, artificial intelligence being all the rage for the future. Right. And and people who can't bother themselves to be interested in motoring because they want to be on their telephones phone, or communicating. They probably think this is great. I don't want to be ferried around in a driverless shuttle in Ve- particularly Vegas. Where people might not be paying attention. I want. I want an. I want a driver. Yeah. I want a bus. You know what I want? Bussy. Bussy. What's wrong with the bussy? I need. I need a bussy. bussy. I need bussy. Fifteen hundred ESPN presents fifty-two super stories leading up to the big game. Brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk. Not sugar-coated advice. Here's Patrick Royce. Bob McGinn's book on the Super Bowl, aptly named the Ultimate Super Bowl Book, had its second edition published after the 2012 game when the Giants upset the unbeaten Patriots in Super Bowl 46 in Glendale, Arizona. That's also the uh, last Super Bowl that I had a chance to cover before this one. And uh, Bob's book contains many top 10 lists, including the top 10 characters, which is among my favorites. Number 10, Brett Favre, quarterback, Packers, two games, uh, regaled the press with stories of his partying days in Kiln, Mississippi. Those same reporters boarded buses in New Orleans during Super Bowl week and checked out his Bayou stomping grounds for themselves. It seemed like... That's the way it was supposed to be. We were supposed to go to New Orleans, and what better place for me to play my first Super Bowl? Number nine, and we can't forget this guy, Dwayne Thomas, running back, Cowboys, early on, Super Bowls five and six. At the Super Bowl six, he sat for almost a half hour surrounded by reporters that never said a word. Once referred to Coach Tom Landry as the Plastic Man. Number eight, and I was in on a couple of interviews with this guy, 
John Matuzak, defensive end, Raiders, left the team hotel in New Orleans on Wednesday night before Super Bowl 15 and didn't return until after 3 a.m. Paid his $1,000 fine to coach Tom Flores and fell in with the rest of the Raiders rabble. Number seven, John Riggins, running back, Redskins, ended an 18-month moratorium on interviews at Super Bowl 17, dressed in camouflage pants and cracking one-liners. You snap the ball, you give it to me. You guys do whatever you got to do. I'll figure it out. Number six, Shannon Sharp uh, with the Broncos and with the Ravens in one Super Bowl. Opinionated, arrogant, and loquacious, Sharp was a character charter member of the Super Bowl all-interview team. Number five, Fred Williamson, cornerback, Chiefs. Talked all week about the hell he would unleash on Packers receivers. If I tell you that Boyd Dial is not going to catch a pass, it's because I believe it. If I tell you Carol Dale is going to be spending half the game on his behind, it's because I believe it. But instead took a knee to the head from Donnie Anderson in the fourth quarter and was knocked out cold. Next week, starting with my favorite all-time Super Bowl character, we'll be back next week with more of the top ten characters from Super Bowl's past. 52 Super Stories continues next week. Brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. And for more details on Super Bowl 52 coming to the Twin Cities in 2018, sign up for the host committee email at mnsuperbowl.com. I mentioned earlier that there were many examples today of reporting not what it used to be. Mm -hmm. I have the topper. You got the you got the Christmas tree topper, the cherry topper I on really, Sunday. I really do. Uh, we'll get to it. And, and uh, that's just that would just be the latest topper because you know that next week you're going to have a brand new topper. Well, this one's a doozy. You know where that phrase comes from? A doozy. A Duesenberg? That's right. People were shocked at. Hey, look at that's a doozy. Yeah. Well, they were so stunning that I suppose uh, people said that. What a doozy! That is a doozy. That's a doozy. Mm. Say we'll be back uh, shortly. It's a clear, sunny, and what is it? Cold? 41 degrees. 1500. I said 41, ESPN 21? is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis.